0: hello and welcome to dfs coach talk it is tuesday may 11th 2021 i am andrew hansen alongside joe sarvati affectionately known as coach and mr westbrook hit the trouble triple double last night coach there was he did not much drama it ended up being in that third quarter congratulations to our contest winners we're reaching out today to art and trey
1: and uh, he put on another show he did, man. And, I, you know, I don't know if people realize how historic it is, especially, you know, I guess, you know, younger guys and gals, because, you know, I remember watching uh, NBA when I was very, very small. Now, I'm not old enough to remember watching Oscar Robertson play, you know, just a little bit before my time. But I used to, you know, my dad and I were basketball fanatics, just like Dawson and I are now. And we talked a lot of sports. And you know, he always said to me the two the two streaks that would never be broken were DiMaggio's hit streak and Oscar Robertson's three point uh, total. And or triple I'm not total. three point yeah. triple double total. And uh, you know, I said, oh, you never know, Dad, you never know. But you know, to the fact that it was 47 years in the making, and uh, you know, he he broke this. I I really truthfully don't th- now. I'm like my dad, but I don't think we're <laughs> gonna see anybody break that record I mean if you look at LeBron he's played a billion games you know he's toward getting towards the end of his career he doesn't even have half what Westbrook has that just goes to show you how how much ahead and if you if you even factor in somebody young like Luka there's just no way he'd have to average triple doubles for seasons upon seasons so I you know I just no, no I be, faith in Luca to, to to track him down. He's so no young; he isn't going to do it.
0: Dirk is still smiling back there. I'm surprised.
1: Dirk Dirk knows. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's. Okay. I think Luca will will can get possibly to third. That's that's the highest ceiling. that's <laughs> any normal human being can get. I don't think anybody's going to catch Russ or Bigo. I think. Third is like the premium spot you can get. So I think Luca uh, has
0: a chance as long as he doesn't get thrown out with extra technicals. I well, think that's yeah, his, he's the biggest miss obstacle. Too many...
1: <laughs> can't punch people in the nuts, man. What are you trying <laughs> Seriously? to do? Come on, Luca. <laughs> Jeez. You know what though? I was. This is going to sound really selfish, but I can't help it. He he got suspended for the game today, which means he's going to be fresh and rested for a big game tomorrow which Dawson and I are going to be at. So, we get to see Luca Magic.
0: Yeah. I'm excited for you guys. That is yeah. that is tomorrow. This is a front end for Dallas. Yep. And um but did he act he's not actually suspended yet, is he? Cuz it was a it was a flagrant, not a technical when he got ejected. So, I think he's uh, still good to go tonight. Are seriously? Yeah. I don't know. I I thought he was I thought he was suspended for this game. I'm looking at his note on FanDuel. It doesn't
1: indicate that he's out tonight. All right. With my luck, it's going to be reviewed. They'll decide today, and it'll be tomorrow. Yes, <laughs> <has>
0: to <laughs> Yeah.
1: Well, we will see how that goes. I know Porzingis is out, but there were also rumors he may play tomorrow uh, on the second night of a back-to-back. So we'll, well see. that be fun. I know. And then Ingram has the possibility of playing tomorrow. Um, you know, we're probably not going to see Zion again, which we were chasing, but you know, I'd be happy. I'd be very comfortable seeing, you know, Lonzo, Ingram, and then of course, Luca, that would be, be a fine day. So Absolutely. we'll see how that goes. Well, we'll hit but that one tomorrow. we're just chirping along here like it's nothing. We only have 11 games. Yeah, only 11. <laughs> I mean, it's the last week of the regular
0: season in COVID 2021. So we've got a full slate, eight of the 22 teams involved in a back-to-back, three yes. totals over 230. We start at seven o'clock tonight, Coach, on the East Coast. So, so get yeah. us, get us started.
1: Let's do it. And we're going to briefly touch on when we're going over each game because it's very important. This final week, we'll do this the rest of this week until the last games on Sunday. Is just give you a brief touch of where the teams stand because some of the teams are clinched, some have been eliminated, and there's a group on in the East and West that are still battling either for a spot or the positioning in the seeding, and everybody's trying to avoid that play in 7 through 10. So in this first game, you've got the the uh, Denver Nuggets and the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Denver right now is sitting at fourth, one game behind the Clippers, so they're going to either finish uh, third or fourth, not too stressful of a game. I'm sure they'd you know, rather finish third, but it's not like they're, they they got to put the pressure on Uh, to win this one. Uh, But Charlotte, on the other hand, is right in the battle. They are eighth, and they're two games uh, uh, behind Boston and one game ahead of Indiana and Washington. So Charlotte needs to win. So they're going to be given a little bit more uh, on this one. Uh, Again, Denver's a a 6.5-point road favorite, 219.5 over-under. Pace not good, 24 Denver, 17 Charlotte defensive efficiency, somewhat middle of the road with Denver 15th and Charlotte 19th. And then we have a Q tag on Monte Morris, who may uh, get to see the floor uh, here. He's been out. And uh, on the Charlotte side, we have uh, Cody Martin already listed out. So the other Martin becomes a little playable here. And then uh, the important news would be Devonte Graham. He's Flat out questionable. So we got to follow uh, what's going to happen uh, in that game. And, you know, also, you know, we had uh, some Aaron Gordon news uh, the last game. But this game, uh, he is probable. So I think we'll probably see the Composo rivers gordon porter joker lineup against ball Rozier mcdaniels washington and Biombo. Both teams have gone with those lineups uh, a little bit here this past week. Um, interesting game here. I know Charlotte needs to win it. Rogier's coming off an absolute monster the last go around. Um, you know, if, especially if Graham sits, Rogier definitely becomes in play. Uh, LaMelo is, is looking good. I know that that wrist is still not a hundred percent, but, you know, he's, he's certainly someone you have to consider. Um, after that though, you know, McDaniels, is up and down, and he gets Gordon defense probably. Um, you know, Porter Jr. is always in question as a possibility for me. Uh, just in, in these recent games, he's shooting the ball well. But again, you know, with Denver not having to push it to the limit, this game just doesn't really excite me that much other than the Charlotte backcourt, and a lot of that depends on Devontae News.
0: Yeah, that that is crucial. Uh, I'm a little more interested on Denver here. If anyone, Rivers on DraftKings is cheap if he starts again and Morris is not playing. But if right. Morris plays, I'm going to fade those guards. I also yeah. like Porter Jr. on FanDuel today. He's 7,100. I, I think thought that was fair. Yeah, that's fair. And then if Jermichael Green starts again in the low 3K, mid 3K range, he's playable as a, a, a fill-in here, fill out the he roster. He should sit
1: with Gordon coming back, I would assume.
0: Right, right. So if Gordon is in, then that's a we're we're gonna pass that as well. And then it, for yeah. me, it's it's Porter Jr. or nothing, most likely. Me too. All right, game two. It's also at seven o'clock.
1: Nope. not even a mention for Charlotte. Nope,
0: not today. Wow, no. Nope.
1: Poor Hornets.
0: The, All right. Yep, the fighting Faku's and fighting Joe Stantons are gonna be too much for Charlotte.
1: And smother them, huh?
0: Yep. All right, Minnesota and Detroit. Uh, also at seven o'clock. And Timberwolves favored by seven and a half here, two twenty-seven yeah. and a half total. And that's got to be the most they've been favored all year. Got to <laughs> be. <laughs> well, here's the funny. The funny thing: there are five teams in the NBA that have either twenty or twenty-one wins, and these are two of them. So these are teams that you would think would want to be losing. And yeah. Detroit has done a better job of that than Minnesota. Minnesota has had a couple wins recently, and uh, they're kind of playing with fire with. Yeah, with uh, adding some wins here at the end of the season, but uh, I think Detroit is—they're is, obviously playing out the string. They got the whole crew out again. Minnesota, um, you know, they're the wild card for me here out of these lower-ranked teams, um, and then they have a lot less injury news. We've got Juancho Hernan Gomez, who's questionable, and we have uh, Jaden McDaniels is back in the mix as available. Right On the Detroit side, here's the list, coach. Corey Joseph, big. Diallo, Magruder, Ellington, Plumley, and Grant. Out. Jeez. And two questionables. Questionables. Frank Jackson and Josh Jackson.
1: The two-thirds of the Jackson five. That's right. That's right.
0: So <laughs> on the Minnesota side, um, it, it is uh, – you, you're rolling the dice a little bit here, but D'Angelo Russell is the guy that I'm looking at primarily. I like how he's been playing lately in yeah. the 7K range. Detroit's defense is not good. They're 18th. So there is one guy you could look at. Uh, Edwards has been priced up probably a little bit too much for me. Cat, I'm not, you know, he hasn't been playing huge minutes. So if anything, I'd go with Reed there as a backup. We, we know that the backup bigs have done really well against Detroit when yeah. Stewart starts because they just don't have much behind him.
1: No, Cook, I think, backs him up. Yeah, right? Cook and, and Okafor yeah. a little bit. Oh, so, yeah. yeah.
0: It's probably D'Angelo, Russell, or Pass for me on that side. And then with Detroit, uh, I I wouldn't mind one of these value plays. With all those guys out, Killian Hayes getting a great opportunity. He's a fair price. Saban Lee behind him got 32 minutes off the bench last game. He's he's a nice price tag, especially if one of those Jacksons is out. Then those guys are going to get a lot of opportunity. And it's a great pace-up game for them. Obviously, Minnesota's second in pace with an awful defense. So I don't mind one of the Detroit guards, and then Stewart is is in consideration as well as a value play. But um, most interested in these guards
1: here, Russell or one of the Detroit guys? Yeah, this, this is a weird game for me. I spent a ton of time on this game uh, last night and this morning because I still feel like it could be a key game. I, I agree 100% on what you were saying uh, with Minnesota. It it seems as though they're taking the approach of, you know, here's what I would think their their locker room conversation is. Listen, we, we're going to get whatever draft pick we get. We've got a great nucleus of young guys right here, which they do. They have a ton of guys, uh, 25 and under, that are really good. And so I think they, they're they wanting to say, let's finish strong, win games like Phoenix did last year at the end of the year, get some confidence, come back and just crush it next year. That's what I, you can just see that oozing from their players on the bench and, and everybody in there giving an effort, playing with an edge, you know, with a chip. And I like that. That's something that Minnesota hasn't done in, gosh, four years, maybe, um, So, you know, to me, that puts D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and, you know, an inexpensive Vanderbilt in play. Uh, Not quite as much on the Rubio side. And I I agree with you on Towns. I don't think they're going to have to stretch him. Now, he could have a a huge game if he plays big minutes. But uh, I do, my only concern here, Andrew, is that Minnesota may blow him out. I know, you know, the spread is six and a half, which isn't bad. But man, when you look at man for man, uh, you know, with Minnesota, you know, possibly having nobody sit if Hernan Gomez plays to Detroit, having seven of their top eight players out. I mean, that's, you know, that really is the case because Sadiq Bey is the only guy that was in that top seven for much of the season. And that's, you know, assuming that that all of these guys are, are out as stated, but I've been burned once this season. I, I checked it by Killian Hayes, once by by uh, uh, Saban Lee, once by Josh Jackson, and once by Frank Jackson. So I've had four stings. None of them ever paid off for me. So I have made the decision that I will not be fooled a second time, <laughs> and I am not taking any of the Detroit guards. But here's where I would like to possibly take maybe two of these guys and it's Sadiq Bey, it's Dumbuyu, who's been really terrific in this last four or five games. And then Isaiah Stewart because you know he's he's a little expensive, but I still keep thinking he can have that monster game. He but I I'm not quite leaning as hard with him because of just constant foul trouble. And he's going to have to try to guard cat which is going to be not, you know, great from the file side. So Bay and Dumbuyu are in play for me. And I'd love to come back on the other side with one of the, you know, big dogs, Russell or Edwards, and then possibly a Vanderbilt uh, value play. So very strange that a game where two teams have been eliminated. Um, it, it should, I just have a lot of interest in it. I think it can be a sleeper game that's going to go overlooked. And I'm going to have exposure. Okay. All right, the next one is 7.30 game. It's Miami at Boston, and sorry to hear about your uh, your Jalen Brown. Yeah, man. that that's was a, rough. That's a terrible blow for them. Crushing. Um, yeah, that is. Um, it is the first night of a back-to-back for Boston. Uh, Miami's minus two. It's 225. You've got poor pace here. Miami's second slowest team in the league. Only the Knicks are slower. Boston doesn't exactly scorch up and down the court. They're 18th defensively, very respectable. Miami is sixth. Boston has hovered in the middle and then dropped down in the twenties. They're back up to 17, which is respectable. Uh, the center, Robert Williams is doubtful. So, you know, that's going to bring some guys in a play a little bit more. And then of course we know Brown's out. Uh, Oladipo hasn't returned yet either for Miami. So, You know, it looks like the regular five, none Robinson, Butler, Reason, Autobio for Miami with a bunch of guys off the bench uh, that could, uh, you know, get into some of those minutes, which now the Miami depth actually hurts us in DFS because there's going to be a lot more split minutes. You know, the big question is now that we know that that, uh, you know, that Boston's going to be shorthanded the rest of the year without Brown, you know, where does that usage go? You know, we've seen it consistently uh, go to Tatum, number one, and then Kemba when he plays, uh, number two. And there's been games where Kemba uh, is out as well, and then a lot of that floats to smart. But right now, I would expect Tatum uh, to get the most play here, but it's against Trevor Reason, that tough Miami defense, and his price is so high. Plus, you know, if you look at the situation here – This is a really important game, Andrew. You've got Miami uh, is two games ahead of Boston to have to get into that play-in game. So if Miami beats Boston tonight, they're basically assured to not have to be in the play-in and finish sixth. So I think Miami comes out, looks at this like, listen, we have to have this game. Then we can relax. So we'll have to watch. If they do win this one, the next couple of games, I think they'll rest some people for sure. But uh, if they lose this game, all of a sudden, it's the rest of this week takes on a different meaning because Boston could bump them into that tournament. And that's the biggest stat we have to watch here in the standings is that six, seven hole because getting six locked in and you're not having to worry about the playing tournament is a world of difference to being seven through 10. And this is the first time they've ever done it in the NBA, but it is a big distinction. So. You know, I think Miami comes out, plays super hard. Boston knows the same thing, you know, especially shorthanded. They would love to get out of that play in tournament. So I think this game is hotly contested. I think you get big minutes from all the guys if it stays close. I think it stays close. And, you know, it it makes people playable for me here. I don't quite want to spend top dollar for Tatum uh, against this defense, but I'm tempted. But I do like Kemba or Marcus, I think, you know, having some exposure there is, is really good. And then on the Miami side, you know, you tell Jimmy Buckets, you need one game to, you know, to clinch and, and sort of take the week to, to get ready for the playoffs. I think Jimmy Buckets comes out and plays. And then you've got the second piece of this is Boston's bigs are so shorthanded. You know, you got Tristan Thompson starting at center and he's, somewhat a pseudo four more than a five anymore so bam who's been a you know his stats are a little down this year but this is the kind of game he can smash in so you know i know that uh you know the total of 225 doesn't blow your socks off with with several games in the 230s but i think this game could be the highest contested game not the highest scoring game but for that reason You know, I'm going to think about buying up to either Butler or Bam and think about that mid-level play with Kemba or Marcus. And if things shuffle around throughout the day, Tatum's not completely out of play for me, although he will get, you know, some Butler defense. I think it could be highly contested.
0: Uh, I'm more interested in Miami's potential here, but I don't like the guard rotation with everybody healthy, like you said. So for me, it's only Jimmy Butler or Ariza in play. I don't like Bam's lower ceiling recently, Um, and I I like some of the other centers here better. So it's potentially pay-up for Butler. Ariza, I think, is a solid value still. With Boston, I'm just concerned about how they're going to react to this Jalen Brown news. I'm as optimistic as anyone, but I just don't think they can win the title without Jalen Brown, and I think that's going to be a rough pill to swallow. Now I mean they're very talented still. Fournier is a nice replacement to have to have that score you know and they could win a series for sure, maybe even two, but uh I just wonder how they're going to react. Uh and it's not it's not an easy setting to have to deal with Miami after after getting that news cuz they don't mess around on no. defense and so so Tatum, you know, yeah, um He's the guy, but he's really expensive, and Kemba's gone up too. Um, so I just don't really want to pay for those guys against Miami's defense. Fournier, I thought you bled green, man.
1: Where's the green blood?
0: Oh, it's it's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. But it's
1: just tough. I know it's yeah. sobering losing Brown. It really is.
0: Yep. Yeah. Fournier got hot against these guys last game. Man, that was yeah. that was impressive. He's a decent price on DraftKings
1: streak shooter.
0: Streak shooter. Uh, so probably won't go there. Tristan Thompson, actually, I have some interest in, especially on DraftKings. He's forty six hundred. Should get thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, But this is this is borderline pass for me, just wow. because it's Miami, and because of what Boston is dealing with.
1: Very interesting. I think we can get some guys from this game at low ownership, which is nice and sneaky though too. Yep, yeah,
0: that is true. Yeah. All right. The other seven thirty game is Clippers and Raptors. Two teams heading in the opposite direction this year. Fast. <laughs> Very quickly. The Raptors now officially eliminated, and they've got all these guys sitting OG and Anobi, Siakam, Van Vliet, Lowry Hood. Uh, question mark for Boucher. And yeah. with the Clippers, Ibaka and Coffee are still out. Now, Clippers, big favorites here 12 points, uh, 220 and a half total. Uh, we know that the Raptors are, are packing it in. Uh, How about Kawhi Leonard at eighty three hundred or eighty four hundred? Talk about a buy low situation. uh, Probably the lowest price you'll see at him at for the rest of the season. Um, Just wanted to mention it because I I wasn't really planning on targeting him or any of these Clippers in this matchup. But if he and and, you know the thing about Kawhi is that he his minutes have been a little bit better here recently as he's worked back in the lineup. He's gotten over thirty minutes so. While he's out there, he could smash, and and pay that off. Uh, Paul George is cheap on Fanduel, but not overly interested in the Clippers here, because uh, I, I do think they they have a, a pretty solid chance of winning this one easily and, and not really having to push their guys. Um, they are in third, you know, they could be looking to move up here, but uh, it's I don't think they're going to need to push their guys to the limit to get the win. Yeah. I'm more interested in Toronto with with the value opportunities opening up. I think Flynn and Trent should be the starting backcourt and they're they're attractive Trent especially on FanDuel, he's only 4900. Birch uh is a value center I'm looking at. And then we'll have to see how they finish out the lineup. It could be uh Utah Watanabe. He's very cheap. Uh we've got bembury in the rotation, Jalen Harris. He's yeah. getting a real look here. He had 29 minutes in the last game, 16, six and four. Very cheap on DraftKings, uh, 3100. So you could look at one of those guys. I I think I'll probably end up with at least one Raptor because of these prices and the opportunity. Maybe even two.
1: Right. Well, you know this. This is interesting. I have a little bit different take here. I mean, we've we've all been adjusting to teams that have given up and sitting their top 17 guys and generally everybody races to those teams like houston recently and grabs two or three guys so half their roster almost is built on the second flight of guys which you know it pays off a ton we've seen it with martin and all kinds of different guys however in this i feel a little differently this this game i think the the three or four guys that Toronto has on their bench, and I'm, I'm guessing it's Flynn, Trent, Watanabe, Johnson, and Burt starting. And then they, like you mentioned, some of those guys, they have about four guys on the bench. I see nurse since they've given up. I see all nine guys getting a bunch of time and mixing up and matching. And I think the Clippers are just so much better. I think they they will get out to a lead. They won't play their guys full minutes. Clippers can't do anything but move either third or uh, fourth or fifth. They're they're not going to catch. I'm sorry, uh, third or fourth. They can't catch really the Suns, and they're not going to fall down below the map. So I don't think they really care whether which spot they finish in, and I can't imagine that they're going to extend any of their guys uh, in a game like this. Plus, you know, there's some of these guys you know we could go to and say, do we you know want to give these guys a shot, but Trent's going to have to face Paul George defense. Somebody's going to have to face Kawhi defense. It just seems like a scary game and I I would assume you're going to have all kinds of people with a couple of Raptors in their lineup. They're going to be you're going to see high high ownership on Flynn, Trent and Birch. You'll get a bunch of value seekers at on Watanabe and I I'm just not willing to take the risk and I think uh I'm hoping that the edge of fading this game completely uh will give us a heads up. Okay. All right, next one on the board is uh eight o'clock game also, Philadelphia 76ers and Indiana Pacers. Indiana is second uh on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh Philly's six and a half point favorite, a big fat 234, Andrew. So 234 happens to be the biggest number. So I win the ticket draw today again. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now for Philly, we have Cork out, Thibel out, and Embiid, the wonderful questionable tag. So, you know, Embiid'll have to have his lunch, go through warmups, shoot around. You know, will it'll be drug out and you know, dot like Doc does until probably the very end to find out if the guy's gonna play or not. And, you know, to me, it just seems like a perfect spot to s- sit the big fella. I, you know, I have I've planned on him being out today. They've got a big three-game lead for first place overall in the East. I, I don't see why they want to even mess with that. They're not going to catch Utah for best record. They're a full three behind that. So, you know, it's it just doesn't make sense why Philly would want to push this. Um, and so I think in beads out, which you know gives you a little bit of different look at this. Uh, I think that in that scenario, Dwight Howard is playable. He's been smashing lately. Uh, when he does get minutes, he really produces, and he's cheap. So there's a, a consideration there. Uh, Tobias Harris has been in a groove. You know, you could you could look at him a little bit. Uh, so that you know that's where I'm looking initially. Um, and then on the Indiana side, man, they are in just shambles. I mean, I, have you read some of the stuff behind the scenes? Yeah. Heard a thing or two. Yeah. They're, they're having locker room problems. Uh, you know, we've had a coach and, and player issue. They, you know, supposedly cleared that up, but it's just mass mayhem there. And, uh, I guess there's, you know, it's just not going well and they, they have shown it on the court. They're not playing the level of ball, uh, you know, that they should. And, you know, the the thing that makes this game wanting to have some some exposure here is they're 10th and 5th, Philly and Indiana, in pace. So there's a lot of pace in this game. And, you know, Indiana needs to win. But the defense, man, Philly's 2nd and uh, Indiana's 12th. But again, with him beat out, that's if he's out, and he's just questionable, that changes everything, you know, for, for their defense. Um, Indiana right now is sitting in a position where they're in ninth. Uh, but, you know, they they still could move up a spot or down a spot. Very unlikely that the Bulls can catch them. They'd have to – Indiana would have to lose every game and Indiana would have to – or Chicago would have to win every game left. So, you know, they're still in scramble mode trying to pull it together. Uh you know, and I just I'm not sure that that they're hitting their stride. Maybe it's because Turner's out and different guys like that, but they're still in the same scenario. You know, with Brogdon, uh, you know we don't know what his status is for this game, and then uh, Jeremy Lamb as well, and we already know Turner's out, and so they're going to be shorthanded as they have been, and you know Karis levert has been a stud, but he's going to get guarded you know, by Simmons for a good portion of the game, more than likely. Um, You can go cheaper with a guy like McDermott, but he's probably going to get tough D from Danny Green. Uh, You know, Brissette's leveled off now, but his price is still up. And, you know, Sabonis has been the guy that, you know, he's been the uh, poor man's Westbrook for big men. I mean, he's just been killing every slate. 21 and 20 last night. I know he's just been on fire, and uh, it's hard to ignore. Uh, but I'll tell you, I, if Embiid happens to play, that's, you know, trouble for Sabonis a bit. And I don't think Dwight Howard's a bad defender, man. He gets into you and bodies you and blocks shots. But, you know, Sabonis has to be in a player pool, but he's so expensive that, you know, you got to shift your lineup if you really want to go there. So as of now, Sabonis is just below the cut line for me, but I am tempted. And then, you know, like I say, maybe Philadelphia with Harris or Howard. But, you know, it's just for me, the highest game on the slate at 234. I just don't feel super comfortable about it until we get that Embiid news and things can shuffle out.
0: Yeah, if if Embiid's out, then I like Dwight Howard for all the reasons you mentioned. Great price. So that'll be a key guy for me. Otherwise, you could go with the value here with Seth Curry on DraftKings or Danny Green on either site. Good price, mid-4K range. He's been. They both have been shooting well, playing yep. well. <clears throat> yep. Other than that, I'm going to pass Philly. And then with Indiana, I agree. Lavert and Sabonis playing great, but just out of the cut line because of those prices in this defense. So maybe a value guy uh, with T.J. McConnell or... One of these guys off the bench. Keelan Martin was crazy, career high yesterday. Justin that Holiday getting good minutes. He's in the three K range. Um, but really it's it's all about Embiid and Dwight Howard for me here. And then otherwise pass because this next game coach is yeah. one that I'm more excited about. Brooklyn and Chicago, two thirty-two total. Brooklyn favored by five and a half on the road. It is a yeah. front end of a back to back for them. Uh We've got good pace here. We've got the awesome offense of Brooklyn. They're bad defense, Chicago average defensively. So, pretty good game environment. We mm-hmm. have, in terms of news, Bruce Brown questionable, and then Tice and Troy Brown Jr. questionable on the Chicago side. Now, a uh, little surprise with the big minutes for the studs for Brooklyn last game against Denver. KD played 41, Kyrie played 39. And mm-hmm. they're in second place, uh, you know, trying to stay there and, and get home court for that potential uh, second-round matchup against Milwaukee. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Kyrie and KD here as potential pay-up options against a, an average defense, a solid pace. Joe Harris on FanDuel is 3,900. And he's a guy that I don't usually play when there's two studs for Brooklyn who are playing, but that's that's a little cheap to be ignored in my book. Yeah. Um, Blake Griffin is stepping up a little bit; uh, he's playable in my book, and that's about it for me on on Brooklyn side. But I do like this game, and you could run it back with Levine or Vucevic. Uh, you know they're pushing; they're in eleventh. They've got to they've got to keep winning here, and they're playing well. Um, Vucevic, expensive, but, you know, he's had eight straight double-doubles, and most of them he's getting 14 or 15 rebounds. I mean, he's a monster yeah, lately. He really is. Uh, and then Levine, uh, he's trending back up with his minutes. He's uh, pretty expensive on DraftKings, but 8,600 on FanDuel is another way you could get exposure to this game. We know that uh, guards, wings like, like Levine can really smash against Brooklyn. So I wouldn't mind uh, one or two of these studs. And, uh, you know, hope that these guys play hard and fast here for their positioning.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting game. I mean, Chicago, they lose one game, they're done. So they're, they're basically in a single elimination mode. So they're going to get all their guys playing uh, as much as they can. They're very disappointed. I, I thought with the moves they made at the All-Star break, they'd be a team to watch and they'd at least get into that play tournament. So very disappointing finish to the season for them, um, without question, you know, as far as Brooklyn goes, you know, Kyrie and Durant are the two guys you have to look at immediately and really can't afford both. But, you know, I'm actually leaning slightly towards Kyrie here just because I, I really don't respect the Kobe Zach backcourt defense from Chicago. Yep. And like you said, I think this is important for Brooklyn because that one-game difference between second and third between Milwaukee will do exactly what you said. It will determine if they both get to that next round, uh, the the second round of the playoffs, they'd, they'd have home court advantage. So that's important. So both teams have something to play for. And, you know, I like this game better than the last game, even though it's a little lower in the over-under. Um, you know, I think this game gets up and down, and both teams play tough. Um, you know, I'm looking at Kyrie for sure. I'm so sour on Joe Harris. I mean, he's 3,900 bucks for a reason. He has games where he plays 35 minutes and gets 12 DFS points. I mean, doesn't the ball bounce your way a few times? I mean, come on, man. So I'm disappointed in him. I'm not going back there. Um, I don't want really any part of the whole Blake Griffin, Claxton, Jordan, who the hell knows? Jeff Green. I mean, it's just mayhem at the bigs and very risky. Um, a key thing for me in this game is is Daniel Tice. If Daniel Tice sits, I really like Thaddeus Young because he's going to have almost no ownership. He, he just gets stocks. He gets everything when he's in there. He just needs those extended minutes. So uh, I want to see how that goes. Um, I'm definitely considering Vuk at center. I mean – He's been on a roll. He's gone. You know, it's been a little quiet. And uh, it's not like, you know, when Levine was out, he, d- he did really well. But even with Levine back, it's his usage and output does not sink that much. I mean, he gets – he's very similar in, in uh, even with Levine back. The guy that gets smashed is Kobe White, so I'm not going to play him. Uh, but I think Vuk is highly in play for me. Zach Levine's price has now gotten to the point where it's very tempting, um, but I'm not real thrilled with the idea that they may start Bruce Brown, and Bruce Brown guards him because he will dog him. So as of right now, it could be two big pay-up guys for me. If the slate was to lock now, I'd go Kyrie and Vuk. And it uh, should be a fun game, though. Excellent. All right, we go to the Dallas Mavericks against the Memphis Grizzlies. And we've got the first night of a back to back for Dallas. I need to get this Luca news man. i I'm uh, I should be the man that's on top of this. Um, let's see here. I'm gonna look this up and make sure that at some point in this show, I give the Mavs uh, beat writer update here. But that sort of has everything to do with everything, um, you know, the minutes, et cetera, on what, what's going to happen in this game uh, with those guys. For Dallas, you know, they're, they're sitting tied, dead tied with Portland. They're both two games ahead of the Lakers, but LeBron's back tonight, so they could finish with a flurry. You know, and the death sentence for of those three teams, or who gets stuck in that seven through ten playoff. Uh, so Dallas wants to win. If Luke is in, he's going to go hard. Uh, Chris Kristaps, Softy, Porzingis sits again tonight. We may see him tomorrow on the second night of the back-to-back. But really, if if uh, Dallas can just pull one more win together, they should be uh, not in that seven through ten deal. So they're you know they need to come out. And, uh, and get it done. Memphis, uh, you know, is in that situation where they're right in the heart of that whole deal with uh, the 7 through 10. I mean, they're one game behind Golden State, a couple of games ahead of San Antonio and the Pelicans, and the Kings still haven't been eliminated. So, you know, they just, they need to, they need to win as well. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to come at it and play hard uh, with their guys. So, you know, I personally in this game, uh, I'm not going to want to pay up to the very top for Luca. And I want to get all this information. I can, I'll update it on our, uh, our Twitter and in our discord, uh, when we, when we hear anything else about Luca, but you know, a couple of guys you have to consider here is, um, Dylan Brooks will guard Lucas. So that's one thing that is a, is a concern right off the bat for me. Um, but the guy that may get some open shots out of it is the one that is unconscious lately, and that's Tim Hardaway Jr. He is just on a shooting streak like you wouldn't believe. So he's playing great ball. He's a possibility uh, you know, uh, of a play at a decent price. Um, but that's the only guy on the Dallas side I'm looking at. What I like is on the Memphis side. I think the two guys that could cause big trouble are Triple J, and Joe Val and you know I like bigs against Dallas but they've got double bigs basically and uh, that's a big concern for me so uh, there's the possibility I'm not sure yet but financially you can do it uh, with Joe Val and Triple J uh, his minutes have gone up last game was the first game he started since coming back you know he could get 28 30 minutes and do some serious damage. And he'll probably get Finney-Smith defense, which isn't bad, but Jackson's just a lot bigger than Finney-Smith, much bigger. And Joe Val's going to get that whole rotation of centers with Cauley-Stein and Powell. Maybe we have a Bobon sighting because Joe Val's a big body. But uh, Valachunas has played great. We just always have to keep the damn guy out of foul trouble because we played him and he smashed a couple of times he got in foul trouble, and that really stings. So going big with the Memphis guys, possibly a little Tim Hardaway to ride that hot streak of shooting, and more than likely that's going to be my exposure here. Okay, yeah. Not a huge game for me. Front end for
0: Dallas, second night for Memphis, which is really the key thing. They had some guys who played decent minutes, but, yeah. uh, but not really overall. And so that's my concern with a guy like Joe Val. How many minutes does he play? Not to mention the foul trouble. Dylan Brooks, forty-eight hundred on Fanduel is playable for me. He—that's my favorite price price tag on Memphis. With Dallas, uh, yeah, THJ—he's rolling. You could look there. Uh, Brunson always seems to hit value, and then Powell, three out of four games over thirty-four fantasy points on DraftKings, forty-two hundred over there is playable for me. A little steep on FanDuel 56. But uh, i like him on, on DraftKings potentially. But if Dwight Howard is going to be out there without Embiid, then then Dwight Howard is my favorite value center tonight. So I, I, I do think these teams will push. I uh, just don't like it as much as, say, Brooklyn and Chicago, that game. So it's more likely a one-off value play for me. Makes sense. All right, we have one nine o'clock game it's Orlando and Milwaukee again two teams going in the opposite direction Orlando one of those five teams with 20 to 21 wins so yeah. they're gonna you figure they're gonna continue to try to lose and they're not gonna have to try very hard against Milwaukee no. uh, who's in third and and lost last night to San Antonio but they should get back on track tonight they're favored by 14 229 and a half total and same crew out for Orlando. Ross, Ennis, Okiki, MCW, Otto Porter Jr. We've got Wendell Carter Jr., questionable. And then uh, with Milwaukee, as of right now, showtime here. Now, I'm not seeing any news, but stay tuned. That's the key for me, is if we get news with Milwaukee, somebody sits here back-to-back, it should be an easy win against Orlando, then you get somebody who comes into play, like a Portis potentially. As of right, right. now, though, I'm not planning to play any, anybody from Milwaukee, even though it's an awesome matchup. Their starters played between 23 and 32 minutes last night, and I think it'll be similar if the, the starters come back again here. So for now, I'm going to pass Milwaukee. With Orlando, I really didn't like how things trended in that last game uh, with minutes really balanced for the starters and the subs. R.J. Hampton got 29 minutes. But he's in the 6K range now. Your man, Brasdikas, is really the yeah. only guy I, I care about today with Orlando. He, he's finally he,
1: getting some some shout-out. I love it.
0: Yeah, his last four games, listen to these minutes. 32, 30, 24, and then 35. And he's only 3,600 on both sites. So he's the my favorite value play out of this game. And And right now, he's really the only guy I'm looking at.
1: Wow, who who'd ever think? You know, DFS—you never know who's <laughs> <Dead>. going to be. <laughs> Two weeks ago, who would have predicted that? Yeah, and uh, I love Brzezdecas, Brzezdecas, whatever, against Giannis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It is a crazy, crazy NBA. You know, I'm I'm with you. I think of all the teams, Orlando really doesn't want to win because yeah. they've they're in the most rebuild mode, like Oklahoma City. Them in Oklahoma City of where they just got rid of everybody. They've got all kinds of young guys. They want the top pick. So I'm not, you know, Mo, Mo Bomba really stung everybody last time. Um, I was lucky to avoid that. But I just, you could see it coming because they don't want to win. And, you know, Bomba definitely gives them a better chance to win. So I don't trust the minutes for Bamba or, or Wagner. Certainly not Bacon or Harris or any of the, you know, the, the guys that have more experience and even Cole Anthony, you know, it's Drew Holiday for crying out loud. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fade Orlando. Even you know my Iggy guy. I just don't feel comfortable that anybody's gonna get enough minutes to make a difference. And since Milwaukee's so good defensively, they're fourth in the league in defense. It just doesn't. It just looks like you know you got to sit there and bite your nails if you try to get one of these guys through on the Milwaukee side. You know, I think they want to win this game. I mean, they're one game behind Brooklyn for that home court. Brooklyn doesn't have any, like, layups here in these last few games. So I think Milwaukee will play their guys, and I think they'll get out to a big lead. You know, the problem, again, is going to be you're going to feel good if you have maybe Giannis or Middleton or whatever. At halftime, you're going to feel great. But who says they're going to play much in the second half? you know bud coach bud likes to rest his guys and they i don't see how they don't smash orlando so unfortunately you know i just don't trust the minutes in the second half by by milwaukee i think they use a lot of bench guys um but i don't none of the bench guys elevate enough for me because i do think that they want to win this game and will play enough of their starters so as, as tempted as I am here, I, I'm I'm probably going to pass this game altogether. All right. All right. We have three 10 o'clock games, our after-hour slate. I love when it's three instead of two, and I know you don't. You like it two instead of three, but that's why we're so different and we both have different outlooks and both can win. First game of the three-game after-hours 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock slate. Phoenix and Golden State, Golden State on the second night of a back-to-back, five-and-a-half-point favorites for Phoenix, 230 over-under. Phoenix 25th in pace. Big pace-up game for them as Golden State is third. But here's the problem, eighth and fifth defense. We have two top eight defenses, and uh, Cam Johnson has already been rolled out. Looks like Paul Booker bridges Craig and Aiton like normal and Curry, Wiggins, Baysmore, Green, and Looney. Uh, so, interesting game here. Certainly not one of my favorites on the slate. Um, you know, you've got a situation here where, uh, you know, is everybody going to play full minutes? You know, that is the million dollar question. You know, Phoenix more than likely is going to finish second to the Jazz. I know they can push a little bit. But the Clippers are too far behind them. They have to make up a couple of games against the Jazz, which I doubt they will. So I don't think Phoenix, you know, beats up Chris Paul. I was going to say Cliff Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Paul or or uh, Booker or even eight. And I think that they'll, you know, Monty sees the big picture uh, a lot better than that. Now, Golden State side of things, it, it's uh, a little different. Um, you know, they're, two games behind the Lakers for seventh. It looks like the Golden State's going to be in this seven through 10 playing. I mean, it's that simple. They've already clinched that, but where they finish in that seven through 10 uh, is a question. I mean, I don't, it's not like elimination or, or bust, so it's not lay your cards on the table. So I'm not sure on the second night of a back-to-back how <clears throat> much they want to push Curry, you know, for his price. I'm not going to go there, especially with the great defense of Paul and the backcourt of Phoenix. Um, You know, you can go second flight here. Wiggins has played steady ball. Kent Bazemore's really paid his number. You'll have some people, because Looney had his double-doubles three in a row or whatever for the first time in his career and probably the last, you'll have some suckers jump on him. But I think he's a trap um dream on again a second night of a back-to-back he played hard last night just it does not look like an exciting game i will say though that mikhail bridges man he is quietly having a hell of a season and nobody ever talks about him but his mid price is always you know a possibility especially with cam johnson being out not soaking up any of those wing minutes uh, you could look there and I, I've got to mention, just because I know he's on your all-Andrew top five of all times, Tory Craig,
0: mm-hmm. he's a
1: sneaky, cheap play that usually gets uh, gets his number, but uh, not liking this game much, Andrew. I don't either.
0: You know, Golden State had to play hard to win against Utah last night, and prices are s- solid, No, no great bargains there. So on the main slate, I'm planning to pass Golden State because of that and the great matchup or tough matchup and yeah. then with phoenix with cam johnson and then nader also out still you've seen crowder pick up some minutes and frank kaminsky also picking up some minutes and he, he frank the tank yeah he, he cut into tory craig in that last game so to me you could look at one of those value plays crowder kaminsky especially in the on the after hour slate i'll probably have one of those guys um maybe not on the main slate but it's, it's one of those types of real deep value plays, or, or we continue on here to the next one, which is Oklahoma City and Sacramento, 224.5 total. The Kings favored by 11. They need to keep winning here, uh, just clinging to a, an opportunity. OKC in that group with 20 to 21 wins, they're going to keep losing. Yep. Uh, just doing it with different guys. Today, Maladon is out, question marks for Ty Jerome and Dort.
1: George questionable every damn game. Yeah. What does he? He think he's uh, LeBron now or an AD. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think that's more of the OKC side. I read something recently where, you know, he really pushed to play one of those games. So he wants to be out there, but they know that with him out there, they have a better chance of winning. So right. they're limiting him. And then Sacramento, we have Fox still out. Barnes, doubtful. Hassan Whiteside available and healed probable. Now, they played the other day here, and Sacramento crushed them by 28. And I think it'll probably be an easy win here. Again, um, on the OKC side, I really think this is another team, sort of like Orlando, that right. you really have to tread cautiously here. The minutes are are really spread out evenly. Um, so could Ty Jerome potentially, let's say, if he starts and Dort is out, Could he hit value in his 24 minutes? Maybe. Uh, That's probably the only guy I would look at. Or you could look at uh, Moses Brown. Same thing. Under 5K, I like the matchup for him, but 24 to 26 minutes. Um, And then Deck. He's He's the one guy who got big minutes last game, 31. They've really been giving him a good look. He's, he's still, a nice player, man. Yeah. He's,
1: I watched him. He's he's pretty darn good.
0: Yeah, definitely. He he can pay off that price tag. So those are the three guys I would consider. Uh, Sacramento side, DeLon Wright, I mean, they really now think that he is the, the real substitute for Fox in terms of his pricing up no over doubt. 8K range. I mean, he had two awesome games, so I, I don't blame the that sites. That
1: price is, is retarded, though. But, I mean, $8,000? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a little too much for me here on this slate I'd rather go with terrence Davis off the bench 5300 getting good minutes playing well uh or Harkless he's still a decent price uh and that's it you know despite it being really great on paper you know over the course of the season these teams have built up the pace r- rankings of 6th and 8th defense they're 24th and 30th so you look at this and you say oh I got to get a bunch of exposure here but again Last week of the regular season, OKC, splitting minutes, all these guys out for Sacramento, but the price tags are up. Could end up being a, another, you know, maybe a one-value
1: type play or a pass. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think you're you're right right on the nuts there. I, I mean, Oklahoma City and, and uh, Orlando, you're going to see, and it's going to be tempting, but you're going to see me today and probably every game the rest of the way. They only have two or three left um until through Sunday I doubt I'm going to roster anybody from either one of those teams. Those are the two teams that have 100% mailed it in do not want to win. And it's not that the players aren't trying to play hard, it's just the management is is going to not get the guys in in the best position to try to win a game cuz it's it's very odd to see so many teams with almost dead tied for the worst record. And I just don't trust the rotation whatsoever for Oklahoma City, and just auto fade it and not be tempted. Sacramento, I agree. I think they'll kill them. <clears throat> I, I'm not sure how long of a run they get uh, with a with a decent lead. They're in single elimination mode, though. They know one loss, they're done for the season, as far as the playoffs go. But you know, it's it's tough. I refuse to pl- pay 8,000 plus for Delon Wright. It's just we paid like 3600 for him mm-hmm. at one point. And I'm <clears throat> just not going to go there. Healed has paid off quite a bit, but he's not 100%. You know, Harkless is a super cheap play that can be a boomer or bust guy for you, but more GPP-ish. Bagley, you know, he's played some ball. He's finishing with a rush here, but he does get some decent interior defense against... Baisley, Roby, Brown, all those guys are long and a little bit tough inside. So I don't think it's gonna be, you know, a picnic for him. <clears throat> and Holmes, I'm not sure, minutes wise, you know, with, with his backups back, uh, if he's really worth it. So pretty simple for me, uh, Andrew. I'm gonna pass and move on to this last game. And then you're gonna have to spend probably half your roster on the last one, right? Uh, you think so? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. There's a possibility. You love to attack
0: these defenses.
1: I know it. It's the New York Knicks and L.A. Lakers, and you got a one in four defense. So, yeah, you're right. I'm going to own about six guys in this game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's 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 interesting here because, you know, you have a situation where you got great D's, but you got LeBron back. So, how long is LeBron going to play? you know, are they, they're really trying desperately to win out this week and get out of that play in game, play in tournament. So if Portland loses and they win, they're only one game behind them. So the Lakers want to win. They're going to play their guys. Um, You know, the, the Jack Black thing, we want to winnie, you know, as, as our uh, discord posts uh, all the time, the GIF in our, in our discord. But Yeah, I mean, that makes the Lakers interesting in this game just because of that. But, you know, you've got the Knicks on the other side that are sitting fourth. Uh, They could drop to fifth. They're only a half a game ahead of Atlanta. So they also want to win because that can, you know, be a difference depending on how things break out in the playoffs here of who gets a home court advantage. So I think it'll be a competitive game. I think they'll play their guys. But, you know, as you alluded to, you got Lakers by four and a half, it's only 213. So you got the lowest total by a lot. And you've got the the slowest team in the league in the Knicks, 15th for the Lakers. They don't play extremely fast. And as I mentioned, but it can't go overstated is you've got the, the top number one and four defenses. So it makes it very, very difficult. Right now we've got Burks and Uh, questionable quickly doubtful and uh, LeBron and 60 other guys probable so you know it looks to me as Peyton Bullock Barrett Randall Noel against Caruso Pope Kuzma Davis and Drummond except Caruso will go to the bench and it will be uh, LeBron and there's what I I think will happen but um, you know let's see how this plays out you know, the, the situation with Schroeder being out changes thing things a bit. You know, if they do keep uh, Caruso in the lineup, I don't think he will. I think he'll come off the bench. I think they'll just let LeBron run the point. If he's going to play, he's going to play. And the fact that he's not questionable, that he's probable, makes you you know got to think he's going to be in. So where do you go here, man? I, I just, you know, the nice thing for me is I haven't had a ton of Buy ups. So I'm going to be able to fit some of those early, more expensive guys in there. But I just I don't know if I can pull the trigger here. It's going to be hard on this after uh, after hour slate because their teams are slow, slow and less possessions. Julius Randle's always tempting. And, you know, he gets triple pumped up to pay uh, play against the Lakers because they are the team that really gave up on him first. But it's A.D. for crying out loud, you know, in that defense of the Lakers. So that's hard to pay that kind of money for a guy uh, facing it. I mean, you might get them at lower ownership, uh, probably fall into the Julius Randle deal in the after hours. But I don't think I have the courage on the main slate. Uh, you can go for some some uh, cheaper mid-level plays. You know, Caldwell Pope's played more. Um, you know, you've got Noel against Drummond. So that's sort of a wash as far as, you know, defending and just grabbing rebounds. So there's not a lot of guys that jump out to me. You know, I'm not going to pay up for LeBron. I think you'd have to really be pushing it to do that because you know, he's going to be on a minutes limit, especially he came back last time and got re-hurt. So what, 20 minutes, maybe 25 because it's LeBron. I don't know, but just don't really want to go there either. So I doubt I'm going to have anybody in this game uh, for the main slate. But, you know, I'll consider a few of the, the value guys in Julius in that after hours. But it's a, it's going to be a tough, hard-fought game. Uh, but, you know, you could see this one be, what, 100 to 92 kind of thing? Very easily. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think it'll be hard-fought. But uh, on 11
0: game slate, uh, I'm not ready to play anybody here. Randall, his price is getting more attractive here all of a sudden, dipping yeah, down towards 9,000. So it's tempting, yeah. but probably not in the main slate. Just the the after hour slate, and and we'll see how the lineup shakes out for the Lakers. Uh, and then on the on the after hour slate, if Burks and quickly are out again, you could look at Rose. He's really been playing well lately. He uh, has been. So so that's it. That's the 11 game slate. Hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh, If you're listening and watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and we'll continue these seven-day-a-week podcasts through the regular season and through the postseason, so hope you'll continue to to tune in with us here. We have a lot of fun breaking down the games. Um, Join us as a member as well, if you haven't yet, dfscoachdoc.com. Grab whichever length of membership you want. We give out our full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo!, Coach's Clipboard on DraftKings. We cover the main slate and the after-hour slate. It's a lot of fun, a lot of lineups, and we're rolling towards a big finish here to the season. So, any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. You can follow the coach at J O E S A R V A D I, and you can find me at Language Olympic. So, thank you for tuning in on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team. I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.